to Science is Funny. I'm your host, Private. I'm 10 years old, and, well, it's summer. I'm going into sixth grade. Joining me today is Skipper, who is an old nerd. Not funny, Private. Kind of funny, Skip. Also, a big shout-out to Radio Public for listing us in their articles, one of the best science podcasts for kids in the U.S. Thanks, Radio Public. Hey, Skipper, what you reading? Shh, right at the end. It's so sad and cool. What's it about? Shh. That was a really good book. Okay, so now that you can talk, hey, is that a tear I see in the corner of your eye? Ha, it is, you big baby. No, no, there is no tear. I just have something that's uh, caught in my eye. It's a little irritating, like you, a little irritating. Not funny, Skip. I'm not irritating. I'm not irritating. I am not irritating. (laughs) It's kind of funny, Private. And the book is about a 13-year-old girl who discovers she's a clone of her dead sister that she didn't even know she had. Hey, I read that book. It was so sad and happy. It didn't end anything like I thought it would. No, it didn't. So now that you're done crying, can we talk a little about cloning? I'm still not really sure how a clone is made. (laughs) I wasn't crying, but it sounds like we need to do some research. Okay. So private, we went to the National Genome Research Institute to get some information about cloning. What did we find out? Well, we learned that a clone is a genetically identical copy of some living stuff. Um, living stuff? Yeah, like plants or cells or sheep. Stuff like that. But, Skip, what's genetically identical mean? Hmm, I think we need to go back a little and talk about what makes the living stuff look and act the way it does. I know, I know, it's DNA. Like Darth Vader would say, impressive. That's right, and where, my little padwan, is the DNA? Uh, the cell? That's right, but where in the cell? The center thingy. (laughs) The center thingy is called the nucleus. And that's right, and that's where the DNA is found. But what is it, and how does it make living stuff look and act like it does? Beats me, I'm only 10. But you're never too young to learn the secret secrets of life. Wait, if they're a secret, does that mean that I can't tell anyone? No, no, on the contrary. Knowing this secret means you have to tell everyone that will listen. Why? Private science teaches us that knowledge needs to be shared. Knowledge and truth dispels ignorance and mythology, especially about life and how it works and where it comes from. Okay, so how does DNA work? DNA is a set of plans. When the plans are followed, the result is what you called some living stuff. Set of plans? Like when I plan out the steps I use to solve a math problem? Or the steps that I follow when I go from my house to my school? Yeah, kinda. See, DNA is a long, double-stranded molecule, and between the strands are the important parts, the four different connectors that hold the strands together. Connectors that hold the strands together are the important parts? What are they? Well, most scientists and people just use the first letters of their names, A, T, C, and G. And it's how those letters are arranged along the strands that forms a code for how to build a living thing. So A, C, A, T, G, A could be a code for a dog? (laughs) Well, it's not that simple, but that arrangement could be part of a code for a protein found in a dog, or a turnip for that matter. Hey, I remember you said all living things are made of proteins. Cool. So what is cloning then? If we could make or take a copy of a plant or animal's entire DNA code, then insert that code into a seed or an egg, the resulting plant or animal would be exactly like the plant or animal the code came from. So if we took some DNA from my old dog Maggie before she died and put it into another dog, it would be the same as Maggie? 
Well, you would have to put it into another female dog's egg or ovum, then put that egg back into the mother dog and have the egg develop into a puppy. As that egg was developing into the puppy, it would be following the same plans that were followed that resulted in Maggie dog. So the puppy would be genetically identical to Maggie and would look exactly like her and act like her too. Oh, I wish we could have done that. I loved Maggie. Too bad she died when I was three. Maggie was a great dog, but private. Cloning isn't easy. Most of the time, the eggs don't develop. To get the first clone, sheep took almost 300 tries and cost many thousands of dollars. Why is this so hard? Well, remember I said DNA was a set of plans. Well, plans have to start from a beginning and go to an end. So... So once the DNA plans for making a head or four legs are followed, those plans aren't needed anymore and are inactivated. If the DNA is taken from a dog that's already living, like your old dog Maggie before she died, then the DNA to make the clone's parts have already been followed. And normally they won't be followed again. It's like if you started to follow the plans to get to your school After you left your house and went down your driveway and turned on the road, you would not need to follow that part of the plan again. That would be weird if the DNA's plans for creating a head were read again, and after the head was already made, the clone would have two heads! Skip, has that ever happened? (laughs) Yes, it has, but it's incredibly rare. I wish I could get my DNA to grow me some more teeth, or maybe eyes in the back of my head, or... Oh, okay, okay, I get it, you're old. What other problems are there? Well, let's get back to our research. Okay. So the website points out that in nature, there are many types of clones. Yeah, like bacteria and single-celled things. Each makes an identical copy of its DNA, then splits in two, each part getting a copy. But what about people? Can two people have identical copies of their DNA? Yep, people who are identical twins. Each twin comes from the exact same set of cells very early in their development. So each has the same DNA as the other, and each twin will look and act very similar. Will there be any differences at all? Of course. No two people will have exactly the same experiences. And remember, experiences help shape the people we will eventually become. So, Private, from our research, what living things have scientists cloned? Up to this date, 2019, no one has successfully produced a clone from a fully developed person. Some people have claimed to have done it, but there's no real proof that they actually did it. But like you said, in 1996, scientists cloned a sheep named Dolly from a six-year-old sheep. And two years later, they cloned eight calves from a cow, but only four survived. Skip, I can see why it would be wrong to try to clone a person. Many of the babies would probably die, and that would be terrible and sad and very wrong. Are there any good things about cloning? Private, I agree with you about cloning a person. But instead of cloning an entire person, what would you think about cloning just part of a person? Say just heart or lungs. Then they could transplant the part into a sick person to save their life. Today, many people die waiting for a donor to die so that they can get their heart or the part they need. If scientists could clone parts, then maybe there would be enough organs to save them. Yeah, I think that would be okay. Skip, you said clones look exactly the same, but the research we read said that some clones could look different from the original. Something to do with inactivation or the environment? Very true. That's right. The environment can also play a big role in which parts of the DNA get read and therefore what features we'll end up seeing in the clone. So you see, Private, there's a lot more to cloning than just copying some DNA. 
That's for sure. If someone is interested in learning more about cloning and how it's being used in health, agriculture, and more, visit the National Human Genome Research Institute. They have a lot of accurate and useful information about cloning and much, much more. And all you listeners out there, the book that Skipper and I read is called Double Identity by Margaret Peterson Haddix. It is a great read for people that are 10 years or older, and it's really good. You got that right, Private, and I didn't cry at the end. Did too. Well, that's our podcast for this week. Come back next time for another episode of Science is Fun E. Oh, and don't forget to visit our website at www.scienceisfune.com or listen on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Podbean, or just search for Science is Fun E in the podcast section of your favorite podcast app. To suggest possible topics for upcoming episodes, email topics at scienceisfunee.com. And remember, you could win a Science is Fun E t-shirt if you send in a suggestion and we use it in an episode. You can email me at private at scienceisfune.com or skipper at scienceisfune.com. I'm private, aka Avery, hoping you have a great week. TTFN.